on Life Church uh, in, in Minneapolis uh, that is a little off of the campus of U of M. And we serve uh, 50% um, of our congregation as students uh, at the U of M or McAllister as well. And the other 50% uh, are working on adults. And uh, I'm, not to disclose myself too abruptly, but I'm 36 years old, and I'm the oldest at the church. Um, And uh, it's a very, very young church. And But God's been very, very gracious in, in many different ways. And I do want to say, I do want to acknowledge that we as a church indebt, are indebted to your church. Um, you know, Kevin Vermeer has been a part of the, the temporary session and guiding us during this process and, and personally has been a huge encouragement to me, uh, comfort to me during this process. And all the the pastors and licentiates uh, in in your church uh, spoke at our uh, church service, uh, preaching God's word uh, at least once. uh, And when I just got here with my wife and and my son, uh, I felt really welcomed and just felt warm um, just seeing many familiar faces here. Uh, So uh, I'm very thankful to be here. In many ways, uh, I uh, love your church and um, thank you for walking with us during this process. And today, as I'm standing before you, um, delivering God's word, I pray that uh, he will bless your hearts and encourage this great church that you have um, as, as a family. Uh, with all this said, I'm going to be reading God's word from Mark Uh, verses 1 through 20. The title of the sermon will be um, The Parable of the Sower. And if you could, if you are able, uh, would you uh, stand with me as I read God's word and uh, let's uh, show our God uh, respect and adoration for His word together. In Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him. So that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them uh, many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. Since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it 
and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and it may indeed hear, but not understand, and lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand these parables? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they had no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the word, of the world, uh, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, and sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. That is God's word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your word that is living and active. Uh, Thank you for uh, your love for us and care for us uh, that is shown uh, through your word. That you want us to be changed and even healed and get to follow after you. Lord, thank you for this church that is faithful to you. I pray that you would uh, uh, truly bear fruit in this church as we hear your word. Lord, I'm just an unworthy servant uh, longing to be used by you for this church, for your saints. Lord, I pray that you would uh, only speak your word and may not my word or my ideas intrude your precious word. Give us uh, attentive listening ears as we hear your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I have three points uh, for this message. Uh, Those are the seed of God's word. Second, the seed rejected. And third, the seed embraced. And those are the points to help you follow along. Again, the the title for this message is The Parable of the Sower. So first, the seed of God's word. 
the passage that we just read starts with Jesus teaching a large crowd by the sea, probably the Sea of Galilee in Israel, and he's teaching them in parables. Uh, Parables are stories that employ uh, real-life metaphors in order to teach important truth about the kingdom of God. And in one such parable in today's passage, uh, Jesus will go on to talk about a sower or a farmer who scatters the seeds in fields in hopes of reaping uh, fruits and grains in return. And the story goes that the seeds end up falling into four kinds of soils, And in one, uh, and in three of those soils, the seeds fail to bear fruit. While in the other soil, the final soil, they do bear abundant fruits. And later on the passage, you know, we will learn that this parable is a metaphor. Again, it's about, uh, it's a story about metaphors, right? With metaphors, rather. Uh, That's what parable is. Uh, The metaphor that we see in this parable is about one's spiritual growth. Under that banner, we read in verse 14, where it says, The sower sows the word. The word that the sower scatters is the word of God. the word of God that Jesus and his disciples preach. Meaning, again, the story is about the spiritual growth and that the seed is the word. So what that means is, it is the word of God that essentially changes people and grows them spiritually. You know, there can be creative tactics we could use to facilitate people's growth for sure. But ultimately, it has to be the Word of God that must be taught and embraced in order for a person to experience fundamental change. I came across a video uh, on an online newspaper website recently, and it's titled, the best way to help you develop gratitude. And I was intrigued by the title, so I clicked on it, and I started watching it. And there a person was teaching how to be more grateful. And she said that the best way to feel grateful is to take a deep breath and let it out, and take a deep breath And let it out. And as you do that several times, start thinking about positive things. I tried it. And I'm sorry to tell you that I actually became ungrateful uh, because it didn't work for me. Uh, And made me feel rather frustrated. And perhaps... It's because I didn't do the exercise correctly. That's a possibility. And to be sure, there's a value to 
you know, physical exercises and you know, healthy thinking. But gratitude has to do with the condition of our hearts, right? Deep inside. And for there to be lasting change in our hearts, we need something that goes beyond tactics. We need the words of the one who created us, the one who saves us and transforms us. So we read in Psalm 19, 7 through 10, that says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. You know, in the PCA and in this church as well as ours, you know, we believe the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. It means that God, through His ordained human authors, has written down His Holy Word in the Bible so that we have everything we need to know about who God is, And how we should live. And in fact, God is still speaking to us through these written words. And is changing us from the inside out through them. So in order to have true meaning and purpose in our lives. And to experience lasting change in our soul. we must be shaped by the Word of God in our individual lives as well as in our church. The Word is the seed for our growth. That was the first point. Second point, the seed rejected. So now it may sound simple so far that we need the Word of God to grow, But the reality is that many people still don't experience growth, even though they may encounter the Word daily in their lives, weekly, and even read it and are attentive. The question is, why is that? We'll find out why as we study the the four different soils in this parable. And we will look at the first three soils, Uh, to see why some people don't experience growth through the word. So we look at verse 15. It says, And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Before I came to my current church that I serve, I was a youth pastor for three and a half years. And I remember one student of mine at the time, uh, her sharing her Christian testimony in front of us. You know, she was sharing that she grew up in that church literally from birth. And she would hear 
you know, Bible messages every single week. But the message of the gospel would go into one ear and would, not, uh, and would come right out the other ear. Meaning it never really registered in her mind or heart until later on when she understood the message for herself and experienced God. That's what's happening with the soil that we just read. Meaning people are hearing and reading and even watching these days the Word of God, but there's no real interest in their hearts so that the Word goes in one ear and comes right back out the other ear. So it doesn't take any root in the heart and it's not doing anything in their lives. And our enemy, of course, Satan would immediately take away the word that has been abandoned. First soil. The second soil, we read uh, verses 16 and 17, it says, And these are the uh, the, the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who hear, uh, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Uh, This is a shallow soil uh, on top of a bad rock. So the plant might spring up, and outwardly, you know, you see some growth, but the root cannot go deep because there's a bad rock underneath. So it cannot survive extreme weather. Likewise, you know, Christianity, you know, does present its benefits. You know, when you hear, when you first hear the gospel, you know, you may discover the great love of God. And you may even experience acceptance and love from the people of God. You know, great benefits. But if the word only remains on that level, but the bad rock of your heart didn't allow the word to penetrate it, your heart will choose other things when you know, they present other more benefits in the world. You know, please excuse the, the, the vul- vulgarness of what I'm about to say, but... At that time, if if that was your attitude about the Word of God, you would find out that God was only a friend with benefits. Then, of of course, there would be no lasting change and, and fruits in your hearts because the Word has no root in your hearts. And lastly, last uh soil in this category we read from verses 18 and 19 it says and others are the ones sown among thorns there are those who hear the word but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of the riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful 
In this case, the word did take some root in the heart. And the the word and the root was trying to change this heart and bear fruit. The problem was the heart was crowded with other things. There were lots of other competing things with the word, such as the desires and cares for money, fame, comfort, relationships, etc. So the word cannot fundamentally change the heart. Overcoming my shame here, I will share about my uh, terrible front yard. Um, In our yard, there are indeed many thorny weeds. I cannot really name them. I'm not a botanist. If you know, if you're a gardener, perhaps you you might know what, what this is. But I see a lot of thorny weeds growing literally in my yard. And they do choke lots of flowers. I've seen it with my eyes. To the point that some of these flowers that I know to be vibrant back in the day, and they're supposed to be purple, but now it's brown. What happened is that all nutrition from the root is supposed to go to the flowers, but those are going to the weeds. That's what's happening there. Again, it's a metaphor. What that means is, in this soil of heart, the devotion is supposed to go to the Bible and its values, but it's rather going to other things that our hearts desire. And of course, there will be no fruit or flowers. So these are the three soils that fail to bear fruit. And there's a commonality uh, in these soils. The commonality is that people do not allow God and his word to completely penetrate their hearts. And Mark depicts uh, this image very cleverly. So follow with me. In verses 10 to 12, it says, And when Jesus was alone, those around them with the twelve asked him about the parables. He said to them, To you, the insiders, those who came to him, has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. For those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Here Mark is making a distinction between two groups. First, we see those around Jesus, You know, seeking to know more about the word after he preached. That's the first group. And the other group is, a, is those who are outside, those who didn't come after him. For those who are around Jesus, the first group, you know, Jesus says, 
the secret, meaning the privileged knowledge of God's kingdom is given so that, you know, they can allow the word to penetrate their hearts more. But for those who are outside, they fail to experience lasting growth because there is visibly distance. They're giving some distance between themselves and Jesus so that they can hold on to what they want and prevent Jesus from interrupting their lives. So the word is simply a parable for for these outsiders. And they cannot really progress. And the the, the word of God is simply a metaphor, something that they just scroll past in their lives. You know, there was this uh, news report in CNN, on CNN, titled, uh, More Teens Becoming Fake Christians. Uh, The thesis of this article is that many teenagers are buying into a view of God that says God exists to make them feel better. So they believe that this God would let them do whatever they want as long as those things make them feel good about themselves. And this God would never make them sacrifice things for greater good. And the article reports that, interestingly, this is, again, CNN article. It's not Christianity Christianity Today article. It's a CNN article. It says that this is not a true Christianity because true Christianity should encourage people to take risks for greater good, etc., outside of themselves. I thought uh, this was a sobering article. And I would argue that it's not just teenagers who buy into that self-serving view of God. But every one of us being truly honest. You know, we want, you know, deep inside, we want God to do whatever we want in our lives. Or or like Mark says, that we want to stand outside, not too close to Jesus. Because if we are too close, God may have to rearrange our lives. So there's some distance that we want. secretly want, perhaps. And as a result, we often will not experience true healing and true spiritual growth because we're not letting the Word of God to entirely uh, change us. Sobering article. But I do want to make a comment there, too, as we apply this article into our context Uh, I probably wouldn't use the words like fake Christians. I think uh, in in any churches, it's uh, unhealthy, very unhealthy for people to call others fake Christians and elevating themselves somehow. Uh, Because the truth of the matter is that all of us, you and I, myself included, uh, 
Uh, We all fall short and use God for our benefits in different seasons of our lives. We all do that, uh, but we don't call each other fake uh, in those regards. Perhaps a better title would be Struggling Christians um, if you do give that distance between you and Jesus about God's word. But again, sobering article nonetheless. Are we that soil that reject the seed and prevent the seed from penetrating our hearts entirely? Third point, third and last point, the seed embraced. Verse 20, it says, But those that that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, and accept it, and bear fruit thirtyfold, and sixtyfold, and hundredfold. Finally, we arrive at the final soil that is good. So these are the people who, you know, do let the word penetrate their hearts, and even let Jesus rearrange, change their lives and their patterns. you know, according to biblical ways. But here's what's more important uh, about this group of people. Verse 10. And when Jesus was alone, those around him with Jesus, uh, with, with the 12, asked him about the parables. So these are the people that come closer to Jesus. I mean, of course, you know, they want to get more understanding in their head about the word. But we have to understand and acknowledge that it's not the head knowledge that we want fundamentally that will change us. We seek the person of Jesus. These people, they came closer to Jesus to get to know a person, the person, who is the personification of the Word of God. He is the one, and it's His voice in the entirety of the Scriptures that we have in our Bible that can change us. Again, not just a knowledge, but it's the person, the words of Jesus in our Scriptures. And that is the key in Christian life. We're called to commune with Jesus. You see, Jesus Christ died and rose again for our sins so that we can be in his arms, you see? Because even if we wanted to come closer to Jesus, we can't unless They're sacrificed. How can we approach the holy God? But God became man and died for us so that we can come closer. And whenever we come to him, we find his grace. Like I mentioned earlier, we all fall short. We all are these soils that reject Jesus. But when we come to him, 
we find healing and forgiveness and restoration. His arms are closer to us than anything. And he embraces us in his grace. And through his word, we hear his voice and his will towards us. And through our prayers, we talk back to God, right? That's what we do. We commune with him. And we develop this personal relationship with Jesus through this process. And he calls himself even a friend to us. And through this relationship, we uh, become more like him and experience true spiritual growth. That's what this parable is all about. Uh, Charles Simeon uh, is a famous English preacher from the 18th and 19th centuries. Um, So he's a very renowned preacher. Um, And there's even this organization called the Charles Simeon Trust that trains preachers even now. Very renowned guy, but apparently, uh, in the beginning of his his life and um, ministry years, he was a bit rough around the edges. Um, And then one day, he apparently met a neighboring pastor uh, named Henry Venn and his daughters. And for those of you who might be interested, Henry Venn, V-E-N-N, Uh, is a great-grandfather of John Venn, who uh, invented Venn diagram. Oh, great. Okay, let's move on. Uh, apparently, so Henry Venn's daughters thought Charles Simeon was rather harsh and, and even arrogant uh, in his character. To that, you know, Henry Venn um, rather rebuked the daughters, and he even told a parable Uh, it goes like this. So Henry Venn told the daughters to pick an unripe peach uh, from trees. And he said, Well, my dears, it is green now, and we must wait. But a little more sun and a few more showers, and the peach will be ripe and sweet. And it is with Mr. Simeon. You know, clearly Henry Venn saw what God could do in, you know, Charles Simeon's life. And over the years, surely, Simeon's character did change and went on to become, again, a a faithful and renowned servant of God. And one of his friends witnessed that this change was due to Simeon's commitment to read the word, the Bible, and pray every day. And the friend said, here was the secret of his great grace and spiritual strength. No other formula, no other tactics. The word faithfully read and received and communing with Jesus every day through prayers. Brothers and sisters, the word is the seed. 
And as we approach Jesus through the word and prayer, he will change us and grow us. And like Simeon's case, and like Henry Van testified, testified, it may take a long time, you know, just as it takes a long time to grow a seed and ripen the peach and make it, making it sweet. It takes a long time. The promise is that God will. And I don't know about you, but I find so much hope in here. Meaning no matter who you are, no matter your background, no matter your struggles, no matter your childhood backgrounds or cultural backgrounds or different baggage that you know you have, anybody can come and be changed. Because it is not my or your power, but it is God's very power through his word that changes us. Anyone is welcome to God's word and find hope and growth. So may we truly let Jesus and his word take deep root in our hearts. May, may our hearts not be a bad rock. May our hearts not be so crowded with other things. But may Jesus be allowed to take deep root in our hearts and rearrange our lives as we heed the word being preached by your faithful servants, Pastor John and Pastor Luke, and um, as we also go to the word and prayer daily in our individual life to meet Jesus, and he will change us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for your word. Every 66 books of the Bible is your word. We cling on to you and your word. It is not fancy things and fancy uh, strategies that can change us. It is fundamentally your word being preached and applied, studied and cherished. And would you give us patience as you are patient with us, as you change us and grow us. I want to pray for uh, those of us here who might have been discouraged. Uh, May you uh, show them the possibility and the the hope that's in you that can um, bring them through different challenges and struggles and discouragements that they face right now. Oh Lord, humble our hearts so that we will uh, humble ourselves to your word daily and do, do what your word says as opposed to what our hearts desire. Help us, Lord. Bless this church. Bless every one of us here. Thank you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.